pieces slowly come together was just wild. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. The amount of times I jumped in this theater was way too many. Um, but it was a, such a phenomenal film. Literally, I walked out of there like, oh my gosh, I am so glad I came to go see this. Absolutely. I wanted to rewatch it immediately upon watching it. Yeah, I think I watched it maybe the next day. But mm-hmm. I the picturesque background. And then um, I really want to focus just for a moment here on the chemistry between Tyler and Margot. Because I thought they were a little more attached than the movie would lead you to believe. Oh, yeah. But that he was a giant asshole. <laughs> um, the biggest. Face. Very um, male lead first season of... Um, White Lotus, Jake Lacey. No, that's Jake Lacey. The other guy. No. That's the guy. Jake Lacey. Yeah. <laughs> Just very, like, punchable, entitled white man. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah, I think the Nicholas Holt performance, and again, we'll get into why that relationship is not Wasn't what he it, an X-Men? He was. He was. Yeah, he, he was. was. In first class. Um, was to say, We'll get into more about why that relationship is not exactly as it seems when we get to the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. But I do want to I do want to comment that that Nicholas Holt performance um, is really different than anything I've ever seen him do before. Uh, um, and it really, I think, that relationship you're talking about at the, the that at the center really does carry the movie for a lot of that expedition expedition exposition. And a lot of that beginning part, you kind of buy into just this guy's just prickishness. <laughs> I think yeah. I could say that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those where, like, you're sitting there and you're watching it, and it's so, like, representative of, like, all the characters you've seen him before as, like, in Warm Bodies. It was a very, like kind of offbeat but very relatable and so like seeing him in that very kind of warm impression at first was very like oh yeah this is going to be like the regular Nicholas Holt that we get to see and then throughout the movie you're like oh my gosh he has so much depth and range yes yes I agree so um we got your first impressions Teresa what were your your first impressions of the movie I know you talked a little bit about the that um that couple at the the center of it but what what did you what was your experience like i like how considered every piece of everything is now i can't go ahead and say too much without majorly spoiling some things so i will leave that for the later half but but you can still walk around it um the staff and um chef Julian Slowick. Yeah, Slowick, yeah. Um, he is insane. Like, <laughs> like he is off the rails, cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Like this guy, but he's been driven so by the people around him, and right away you see, like, Margot is like hey, like, talk to the waitress. And he's like, I know, she's like, I noticed you didn't ask his name. 
And I think that's very much a commentary of how um, rich people treat people in the service industry. And so all these people are there serving them, but they don't realize what it's going to turn into. That's very good points. I just wanted to mention uh, my experience with it. So we didn't get to see it in the theater. We saw it uh, when it hit HBO. And it was one of those weird, I really feel like finally movies are getting out of this whole thing where um, you kind of were waiting for movies to hit their streaming service. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm so glad now it feels like with, which we covered before on our podcast, if you listen to previous episodes with Barbie and Oppenheimer with the Barbenheimer experience, it feels like movies are finally getting back, which makes me happy because like movie theaters are one of my happy places. Mm -hmm. Do you have that experience as well, Hannah? Are are you a constant, um, movie goer or you prefer a home experience you know i'm kind of on the in-between um i i live such a busy life um outside of just everything that finding time to go to the movies is really difficult um and so it's one of those where it's really comforting for me that i can just stay at home and watch a good movie the comfort of not having to worry about, oh, what am I going to miss when I run to the bathroom really quick? Or, oh, I want a snack in the middle of this movie. Um, but I do love, nothing Nothing compares to the experience of sitting in a large theater with a large screen and surround sound. Um, just nothing beats that. And it's especially prevalent with uh, the menu and I know my experience um, between watching it in theaters and watching it on HBO um, the vast difference of kind of the shock and the wow factor and some of those jump scares almost um, really changes the whole experience of feeling very immersed in the film because I know especially with the first time I watched it I was very like oh, like, okay, like, it's going, like, it's a little slow, but, like, okay. And then all of a sudden, that clack to attention, and I am I am up on the edge of my seat, yeah. like, oh, okay. Okay, we're here. <laughs> so I have a question, because, like I said, we didn't experience it in the movies. Mm-hmm. Could you, my favorite part of the movie, my my favorite part is, because um, we'll talk a little bit when we get to the spoiler side of things I didn't like as much, and I wasn't, mm-hmm. I, I'm personally. Don't want to hear it. Wasn't <laughs> I wasn't as big a fan of the ending yeah. as maybe some other people were. My favorite part of the whole movie, and it's just good genre. It, it feels like high level genre storytelling mm-hmm. with the amount of tension because you you have no idea what's coming next. Yeah, and I love when a horror movie does that, and sometimes it's so rare because you. Most horror movies, I'll watch, uh, we've, we've seen so many, but mm-hmm. you can all like, okay, this is when this is going to happen. Okay, this is when another thing is going to happen. The experience I had watching, and my favorite part of the movie is, I really did not know what was coming. I felt like, what was coming after the collapse? Yeah. Like, okay, okay, here's another terrible thing. Okay, mm-hmm. here's another terrible thing. Could you feel that when you were in the theater with other people watching the movie? Oh, 100%. And I think it was a cool experience because there weren't many people in the theater. I was there with maybe 
three other people and then I can't even remember how many other people outside of my group was there but just the pure kind of building um especially with it being so quiet and so dark in the theater just the uh, the tension that tension building was so crucial to that first watch especially um and I feel like the theater really amplified that experience because you're in that unknown location you're you're not as comfortable there so there's already a level of like oh like I'm not at home I'm not as comfy I'm like not necessarily on edge but I'm more alert and aware of my surroundings um and then having that kind of shock factor of like okay I don't know what's coming next and having that continue to build um really was just I I don't think I've seen it in any other movie. And like you said, with horror movies, there's kind of that expectation of like, you know, something's going to happen. Um, And with this, it was more so I feel along the lines of psychological thriller. And I would even compare it to Silence of the Lambs, especially with the impact that it had. um, On the time when it came out, especially because like, I remember my first time watching Silence and my mom was like, oh yeah, this movie gave me nightmares. I, w- I was like, I wasn't nightmare level with this movie, but it was it was on that par of like, you don't know what's coming next. It's the first uh, kind of, it's almost revolutionary to the horror industry of it doesn't have to be set in some scary forest or in some small town of Woodsboro. It's, it's very much so kind of not only calling out the social aspects of the service industry and what working in the service industry is like and that kind of comparison on wealth but it's putting horror into a new location no i i i agree and i love the silence of the lambs comp so i i hope this isn't spoiling anything but one thing i did want to mention this is just a funny thing mm-hmm. uh, do, do you uh, any of uh, uh, Teresa as well. Do you remember? I remember vividly the when the movie was announced, and I remember the poster of like Anna Taylor Joy sitting there, seeming just completely like bored. Yes, that's the best way to put it. Bored, yeah, and uninterested. Uh, Nicholas Holt seems somewhat interested, and then the the menacing figure of. The, the chef, uh, Sovic, behind them. When I, I don't know if anyone else felt this. When I saw that, I'm thinking, wait, is this cannibals? <laughs> like that, that was what I was thinking when I first heard about it. Like right, right? before I went to go see it. I was like, oh, this is going to be some Hannibal the Cannibal crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, I didn't get that experience because I had no idea. They drugged me into the living room and said, hey, let's watch a movie. And I said, okay. You're welcome. <laughs> so that's how it went for me. Uh, <laughs> well, we just wanted to give you the menu experience so you could watch the menu while experiencing. That's what all we, I want. What I don't taking... want to wait for it. I want now, it to be delivered to me on a silver platter. Unfortunately, we didn't have the private island experience for you. <laughs> we just I will had be reviewing you. The private... <laughs> I I'll be rating you lower. That's, you know what? I, sometimes it's a mess. Um, I again just before we get into the the spoiler aspect and talking about specific scenes and I have a couple of questions about like um ways we felt about the movie that will include spoilers 
But I did want to go to Teresa because we were talking about our at least my favorite part. I don't know if it, it, it's yours is that that high high level thriller aspect to it. What did you think about the um, and also you said you said you've seen this multiple times. I'll be honest, I've only seen it once. Did that so Teresa did the thriller aspect of it still live up to it on rewatch? It did. Um, it, it really did in a surprising way. I was bracing myself, but I was never right on track for when the culty clapping was going to start and they were going to just like scream things like you're walking into a season pizzeria. Um, they're like, welcome to CC's! <laughs> um, but no, you will see things done with foods that you've never seen before, and I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. You think that's wonderful? Well, I, I don't know if all of the aspects of it were... Well, uh, I thought we weren't supposed to spoil it yet. Wow. Well, um, what did you think of the movie from, like, a visual palette, uh, Hannah? Oh, it was it was shot so well. And, like, with it being kind of a culinary experience of a movie, um, the close-up shots on the individual dishes throughout the movie, I think, was kind of the highlight point. Um, it gave very, like, Instagram foodie vibes, but, like, on a actual theatrical level, right? Um, yeah, like a much greater scale. Yeah, exactly. It was, like... Instagram foodie meets um, high-end movie director um, and cinematographer. Um, All of the shots were done so beautifully. And I think um, my favorite kind of transition shot was, um, without any spoilers, obviously, was on uh, course four with kind of that camera tilt into those trees. Um, I think it was kind of that shifting point of like, you're getting all of these really clean, really easy, really non-menacing, non-threatening transitions. And then you get this kind of shift and this angle and it's like, Oh, something's about to happen. Um, And so I think between that and just the different angles that they kept shooting at throughout the film, um, kind of giving those different power dynamics to different people throughout the film um, really amplified kind of that threatening and menacing um, presence and kind of that authority of like, oh, this person's in charge in this moment. Um, and it was cool to see how that kind of shifted and changed throughout the movie. I love it. That's that I 100% um, feel that as well. Uh, Teresa, what did you think of the movie from a visual standpoint? I loved it. And one of my favorite parts was probably a little unexpected, which is just when they put the menu, which course it was, up on the screen. And it's so very, it was very just like, that part wasn't ornate. There was no, it wasn't a real presentation, but it gave you an idea, a sense of what happens at Hawthorne. And I loved the humor that went along with it like the dark humor is just i'm so glad you mentioned that with Mm -hmm. especially with the titles the title cards um i was going to talk about one last thing before we went into kind of going more into spoilers um and that aspect of it was um one of the things i really enjoyed is how funny the movie is oh yeah it's it's thrilling but it's also really absurdist. 
what, how did how did you feel that that tone of shifting between um, when you were terrified, but also like you know laughing at the same time, and then wondering should you be laughing? How did, how did that make you feel? You know, it felt very real life. Um, life can be dark and life can be a little bit of a shit show. And um, I think it really kind of brought that sense of like relatability to the film of like, we're going to crack jokes at this and like, we're going to, we're going to take this seriously, but we're also not taking it seriously, um, which I think is very prevalent in the service industry itself of like, we take our work extremely seriously, but we're going to have fun while we do it. Well, what, what did you think of the, the humor in the movie, Teresa? Oh, I loved it. Like, some days you're not getting through it without cracking some really dark jokes. Um, I wanted to say, now, how does this compare to real-life service industry? Oh, Oof. yeah, that was a question for me. Oh, yeah. Um, real-life service industry, I mean, I've... I've seen kind of everything, right? I've worked uh, in a dive bar uh, out in West Coast of Florida. I've worked Starbucks. Um, so I've kind of seen the gambit um, between that and retail service. Um, it's really on par, you know? There's so many people who come in and they're just like, you know what? Like, we're paying to be here. Like, get it to us now. Like, we're here. We're paying. Um, excuse us. What is this? Um, and then there's also the people with that very Margot um, kind of personality and mentality about it of like, hey, like, it is what it is. Like, as an ex-service industry person, I come into a place and I'm like, hey, I get it. Like, I, I, I do not need special treatment. Like, your job is hard, um, and I'm going to try and be the easy part of your day, right? Um, so I feel like the representation of the service industry and um, between the uh, employees maintaining their professionalism and that kind of customer service space throughout the movie, um, especially with Elsa, oh my gosh, that was just like the service industry person's dream. Mm -hmm. Um and then kind of dealing with those customers, it's like, man, like you're sitting there and you're like, oh, that's a problem customer. Like that person's going to be a pain in the ass and all of that stuff. If Elsa spoke to me, I would cry immediately. Oh my gosh. I, I literally, I just want to thank her. <laughs> like, thank that's you for a, your that's service. That's the Elf performance, right? Yes. She's amazing in that She's movie. amazing, but if she spoke to me, I would cry. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I will eat whatever you give me. <laughs> I don't want to make it harder for you. I will clean it. Let me do the dishes. I feel like that's a character that would be amazing in like 70 other movies. But as herself, like from this movie. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not the actor. Like the yeah. actress is also great too. But like imagine like an Elsa figure in like so many other movies. I would like to see it on Kitchen Nightmares or like yes. other competition check shows. We She's need there, a prequel like from her. Yes. Well, it almost sounds like she's like the amalgamation of all those other shows. Yeah. No, she's 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 amazing in that. Um, I think now is safe. Uh, if you've not seen the menu, first off, what are you doing with your life? Um, <laughs> it's great. You should watch it. It it blo like it flies by. It is so like it goes by real quickly. It's now streaming on 
Max. Definitely oh, yeah, not HBO cool. anymore. I, Nobody I, thinks it's HBO. It's just Max. Let's watch it to the max. Thank you. I'll take my money now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's marketing, right? Um, but yeah, right. I'm like, where's the sponsorship, guys? Come on. Yeah. There you go. Give <laughs> us the HBO money. Max, thank you. How kind of you. <laughs> your free money i'm so excited to get into all the spoilers because this this movie is made lives and dies on the details baby yeah oh, it really does really please said so if again like i said we're gonna spoil the movie it's the 31 minute mark if you haven't seen it we'll see you the next time when we talk about the next thing we want to talk about all right so i do want to just remind you guys i beg of you one thing do not eat, taste, savor, <laughs> relish. Consider every morsel you put inside your mouth. Be mindful, but do not eat. Our menu is too precious for that. So, well, let's get into it. I'll <laughs> say the worst part is I'm still hungry. Still fucking hungry. Here's so fucking hungry. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. When they. When they brought the entire bowl of broken emulsion over <laughs> that power move. Oh my god, I forgot about that. And then our lawyer from Ozark trying to make every word count on her essay. I'm like, calm down. It's not the time to panic yet. <laughs> and then each moment in the movie is more tense than the last. So I'll start with Hannah and then I'll go around. What was your favorite menu item? Oh gosh, um, I I think it has to be Tyler's bullshit. That is <laughs> like, so, yeah. like you know, it's one of those where it's like I think it's kind of that perfect culmination of like you're seeing him and you're slowly hating him more and more throughout as the film goes on. Um, with just between how he treats Margot, with how he treats the service industry people that are working there, um, and just his general kind of shitty attitude. Um, it's kind of that, like, ah, yes, finally, satisfaction for all of us viewers and for <laughs> all of the people who are working in that kitchen of just, yeah, you know, you think you talk a big game and you know a lot, but you can't execute. You can't actually do what you know about. And it's just kind of that chef's kiss moment of like, <laughs> you're garbage. <laughs> and you cannot phone in talent. And you can't right. phone in the hours of work put into it. Exactly. Teresa, what was your favorite menu item? It was the s'mores. I just loved how twisted it was. Like... You're going to get a nice little chocolate crown. I love when the one girl tastes it like, wait, shit, this is really chocolate. <laughs> like, I don't know what else she, like, it's plastic. I don't know. But I just like that little touch. And then they got wrapped in marshmallows and they, like, threw graham crackers all over the floor. And then he sets it ablaze with, like, a coal from the fire that's been going behind them the whole time. I'm going to be basic. And I'm going to say, I, I'm sorry, because it is just such like the typical apex of fine dining. 
I really want to try plate. that breadless bread plate. That is so douchey, and if you sent that to me, I would fight you. <laughs> oh, actually, hands are being thrown. Like, try Jesus, not me, because I throw hands. Give me some damn bread. Exactly. Have you, so, I know you said you've worked in um, the restaurant business. Have you ever worked in a fine dining establishment? So I personally haven't worked in a fine dining establishment. The finest um, anything I've worked at was probably Michael Kors. Um, but my <laughs> brother actually How just graduated from Oh, sorry, guys. I'm cutting you off. What was up? Oh, that was my bad. I cut you off, but I said, how delicious are those bags? So delicious. Oh, my gosh. Just the leather. I so, worked at Crabtree in Evelyn, so I'm pretty sure we had the same client base. So you said your brother works as a pastry chef? Is that correct? So he um, just graduated culinary school, and his kind Ooh. of goal is to become a pastry chef. Um, he oh, actually okay. just he actually is moving to Boston um, oh. next month. Um, he got hired and is um, going to be working at a very high-end uh, restaurant. They actually do not allow phones in there. It is like members only. They don't even get uniforms. They have locker rooms that they can change into their uniform once they get to work. So he Okay, is... quick question. Is it yes. a cult? What was that? I said, is it a cult? And also, can he send us some pastries? <laughs> I want top secret bougie pastries. <laughs> as far as I know, it's not a cult. Um, fingers <laughs> crossed, you know, we're sending my, my youngest brother um, to Boston. Um, who knows? A cult um, is a good idea. It really would, right? It's it's Boston. That feels very Boston for culting, like, right? Like cheese Danish or a croissant, I'll take it. Well, they're just so busy at Dunkin' anyway. Right, you know. Um, and I will do my best to see if he can uh, send over some <laughs> pastries. We'll, we'll see what we can make happen, right? So have you ever, I don't know... Um, I know you haven't worked at a fine dining mm -hmm. restaurant, Teresa, You're so I'm not going to ask you. I'm secretly a world-renowned chef. I've got Michelin stars. Um... <laughs> we'll only give them out. Um, but I I'll ask, I'll start with you, Hannah. Yeah. Have you ever eaten at a, a fine dining establishment? I think the finest dining establishment I have gotten to eat at... Um... Is it Michael Kors? <laughs> yes, Michael Kors. No, um, my actually the school that my brother went to school at, they have a student run um, restaurant. And so they're practicing everything they're learning. And so it's an affordable dining experience, but it's still kind of that elevated or attempted elevated service as they're still stu students and they're still learning how to give that kind of excellent service. Um, but uh, my brother has been wanting to go to like a Michelin star rated sh uh, restaurant and take somebody with him. And so I'm trying to uh, to bide my time to getting that invite. You're like, hey, bro, take your right. sister. Come on. Right. I like take it. I'm so okay. sorry. I, I, I don't know. I'm terrible boyfriend. So I have not taken Teresa to a fine dining like place. But have you ever had a fine dining experience, Teresa? I have not. I don't like really being told what I should wear to eat somewhere, but I do want to try it. Um, I would, I would do it. I would, um, but I would have to make sure that 
there's substitutions and I know they don't want substitutions and every one of them is going to be just like our buddy there and saying the menu this is part of the menu so we'll take me out back and shoot me if I ask for a substitution <laughs> I don't like mayonnaise I don't like mustard I'm not a fan well you're just missing out um <laughs> just kidding I actually this is gonna be surprising uh I have actually eaten at a fine dining restaurant before no. Uh, where? So where? Uh so. Also, I feel like I should have been briefed before the <laughs> podcast. Right. So I um went to this is years, 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 years ago. Uh so last year, no. Um, a, a couple of years, like uh, I want to say maybe 2014, 2015. It doesn't matter. That was pre Teresa. It was pre Teresa. That's the important part. <laughs> <laughs> um no. No, I'm just saying I went to um the there's like some high class um restaurants do you not know the name? on do I not know the name? I don't know the name of the restaurant. That's your only job, Mitchell. I don't I don't know the name of the restaurant. Who went with you? Uh the girl I was dating at the time. Okay, well you're gonna have to call her up and be like, where was that fine dining experience? Welcome to the podcast. I'll take her word for it because she knows where she ate. Uh, but I know it was on Disney property. Um, I don't know if it was the Florida Hotel, but I know it was like one of those um, like Michelin star rated Disney vacation club type restaurants. And I'll never forget my experience because it's one of those things where you sit down, you have a reservation for like five o'clock, and you're there all the way to like ten o'clock with multiple courses, oh and I, I, I shit you not, a literal course was, was like foam? was it foam? They did have foam, but no, a course was a it was called like, um, like pasta in a bite, and it was like one single ravioli that was like infused with like billions of different flavors and it was like here is the pasta in a bite and i was like is this a serious thing and i'm still fucking hungry i was <laughs> it was one piece of ravioli that was a course meal all right a podcast listeners mitchell has exactly one month to take me to a fine dining <laughs> establishment or i'm going to like him I See, this is, this is why I can't do fine dining. <laughs> will be my new podcast uh, co-host. I mean, that might happen. I'm down. Anyway. <laughs> I'm um, down. You think I won't. <laughs> you're like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I'm down. Anyway, that, that I... So, I... Issue. Oh, there we go. I can hear you guys. Okay, yeah, okay. And we're back. And we're back. So just so that's around 41, 45, if you wanna yeah. maybe note that. Probably um not going to, but I'll it'd be I'll... so wonderful if you did though. Well, I'm currently fighting my tablet. Here, I'll message it to you, Teresa. I got you. Perfect. This is why she's gonna replace you. <laughs> anyway, so the the farm darling is so uh, what I was going to say was 
the connection to and my favorite part of the movie is all of the high level thriller aspect where you don't know what's happening from time to time mm-hmm. but I do kind of want to get into the message that the movie is trying to portray yeah, really over the top of the head and what did you think especially someone who's worked in a restaurant before the mm-hmm. the idea of the 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 critic as like this character that should be maligned yeah you know i think there's so many different things with like the critics and you know nowadays it's so hard because everybody's a critic right google reviews has turned every joe schmo and karen into some high level critic um who thinks that they have a lot of power um which unfortunately a lot of restaurant critics or critics in general uh people who leave reviews have a lot of power um i think that especially with how they were portraying her as a critic which was very overly analytical to the point of like there's a broken emulsion or a partial broken emulsion it wasn't even a fully broken emulsion to the point where they brought her two bowls of broken emulsions I um, so loud every time that bowl was brought oh so oily Right. Like, it's one of those where I think that especially with her kind of condemnation throughout the movie, um, it was very, it was very pointed and very much so kind of saying, like, you don't realize the power that you hold. Um, And you say these things so flippantly that you're not really fully understanding you're ruining people's entire livelihoods and entire way of life because you want to nitpick tiny little details that anybody else who's coming to these experiences like Margot are going to be like, wow, that's kind of cool. Or, hey, I just don't get it. And that's fine. Do you, what did you think about the way it critiqued uh, Teresa, what did you think about the way if you hear weird noise, critics? It's rat crimes from our favorite rat, Margaret. Uh, what did you think, Margaret, of our... No. Margaret, can you please, please please speak on it? No, but Teresa, what did you think about the the whole critic of the, critique of the critic? Margaret, if you could cook in one fine dining restaurant... No. Um, <laughs> she will not answer me. Sorry. Um... Yeah, she's, people's lives are hanging in the balance, and she's just kind of like, lol, your bread suck, or like, like, she's closing people down for like little, little weird reasons. Like, I could see why she was in the company of everybody else. Now, um, like I said, I, I, I don't want to go over the top. I do. On- I want to go. Oh my gosh. I no, no. want I... to go into where everything has been so planned. And I don't mean what we see. Yeah, I mean what we don't see. Of wheels in Margot's head turning like, how do I get myself out of here? How do I save myself? 
she's trying like at every turn to connect with him because she realizes like oh like we're going to die so with her going to get the radio with her fighting Elsa with when the Coast Guard comes and it's just part of it like that level of planning is like evil master I would I would definitely agree um, I really like the uh, the arc that Margot goes through um, in the movie. I mean, it's kind of a little bit unfair because I feel like Anna Taylor Joy just plays the chess master in almost every movie she's in, where it feels like she's the character that she plays always seems like that there's like more than meets the eye, and she could figure out any way out of a situation. But what did, what did you think of the performance and the arc, Hannah, uh, of of um, Margot's character? Yeah, and like to your point, I definitely think it's unfair that in pretty much every movie she's been in, she's this major mastermind and right. can do that. I mean, even in Super Mario Bros. Oh my gosh, I'm sitting here like, how is how is this? How does this make sense? Um, <laughs> but overall, I think she had one of the most unique character arcs I've seen in recent films, especially because we see her kind of on the dock with Nicholas Holt and you're kind of not really sure how they know each other. It's very veiled of like, Oh, like they seem like they're bickering like an old married couple, but then there's like this odd sweetness of like a new couple um, going on here. Um, And there's kind of this, unknown aspect to it of they don't really know each other that well and you kind of get that right off the bat and so her kind of progression throughout the film of eating dinner with Nicholas Holt and kind of hearing him ramble and trying to connect with him and then realizing that he is uh, he's somebody that you just can't connect with Um, and I think that especially with kind of the reveal of like oh she's some sort of a service industry worker on the other side of it of servicing people in different aspects and whatever their needs might be um having it kind of be that oh well he's not relatable and service industry people are really good at reading people so kind of that slow build realization that she has and then her trying to find somebody to relate to in the film and having it be slowick and the chef and like yeah having her almost have this minor stockholm syndrome relationship with chef slowick of oh i relate to this person because he's in the service industry and like we have these similar experiences but He's also trying to kill me. (laughs) And just kind of that progression of like, okay, well, how I, I know I can relate to him, but how? Um, And I think, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, because you, you talked about kind of the twist that forms Mm -hmm. uh, towards like the last third, Mm -hmm. when you find out about the true relationship between uh, Nicholas Holt's character and Anna Taylor Joy, how did how did that work for you as a twist, Teresa? Um, honestly, I felt validated because I was like, "There's no way she would be with him." 
<laughs> he sucks. He's awful. And then seeing her do that is just, I loved it. Um, her do what? Just her whole performance and just like, you could tell her unease and she's just trying like, okay, I've had difficult clients before. Let me just right work mm-hmm. through this. Like, I know we can find a common ground. Um, but really, there's no common ground when you're working with that kind of like burnt out, like gifted genius character. Right. How did the how did the twist work for you, Anna? What did you think about the the twist about the nature of the relationship? I think it was a beautiful twist, and like Teresa said, it was very validating. Um, I think it was more so validating in the fact of like he's doing this love bombing thing and you're like come on girly for being so smart there's no way that you would tolerate this behavior and we see her kind of have those moments of like hey like that was rude that was unacceptable and then having Slowick's character be like so tell the class um, what you knew before coming into this event and having him drop that bomb of, oh, yeah, I knew everybody was going to die before I, I love- came here. And oh, yeah. I love when she just, Aaron is done with everybody's shit. And mm-hmm. she just meets herself across that table and she's ready to kill him. And I'm like, <laughs> go, girl, do it. A hundred percent, exactly. And I think that kind of that pure reaction of Slowick almost like revealing to her like, hey, like he isn't what you thought he was. And like, even, even though you know, he wasn't what you thought he was like, his girlfriend broke up with him. And so he paid you to come here and die. Like, how twisted and absolutely fucked is that like that is just almost more unbelievably sadistic than what Slowick is doing this whole movie of slowly building this tension of torturing these people knowing that they're gonna die yes like he said you're not supposed to be here like Mm -hmm. I'm not punishing you he's like I'm guilty of it too now what did everybody think about the old man who was with her and like paid for her services asked for him to be his daughter and then he got his his ring finger cut off for his infidelity you go ahead you go ahead with that one first i mean I, i think it was shocking um i i just i love how her character is such a mystery that Sorry, I know this is a little bit pivoting from it, but that, like, Slovik is, like, obsessed with the whole time, including that, you know, specific aspect of their relationship. What do do you think of that twist? Yeah, I think it was... It was an interesting way of relating her to somebody else in the film aside from Holt's character. I think it... It was almost like a necessary kismet piece of like, wow, isn't life crazy? You would see an old client here at this restaurant on the day that everybody's going to die. Like, <laughs> I, I think it tied it in and it felt almost forced at first. And then as it kind of goes on, it kind of just felt like it was supposed to happen. Um, 
it, at first, especially when you're seeing them on the dock and she recognizes him and he kind of recognizes her, it's almost like, oh, that feels really like kind of shoved in there. Um, but then as the film progresses and goes on, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, like that felt like it was needed to be there to kind of build her character arc and kind of give some explanation to her character arc as well as make her more relatable to Slowick in that sense of like, oh, like I have a bad customer that I'm having to somehow bump into again. And I think that the choice of the service team at the restaurant to cut off his ring finger was very pointed, especially when he wouldn't make that decision of he's sitting here with his wife on their anniversary at this supposed to be once in a lifetime dinner. And of course he bumps into this escort that he once called upon her services for. And so I think that like just kind of his inability to make decisions, um, really aided that character development on his and uh, his wife's side of, okay, like their marriage really isn't going that great. And you can kind of see that even in the beginning and throughout the film. I was going to ask also, um, again, given the theme of this film, Mm -hmm. it's very much, I would say, um, I don't know if this is a core, but an eat the rich core kind of movie. Mm -hmm like really close to the style of like your knives out um the onion yeah yeah the glass onion um oh gosh and then what was that show that was on netflix that was that the south korean oh. show Par- no Parasite? No, no 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 it was the show uh oh gosh it was so big oh are you talking about the um gosh i had it and now i lost it same horses. here. Horses, something horses. No, no. It, uh, Squid Games. Yes, Squid Games. Okay. But like, not only that, but like, I don't know if you've seen Triangle Sadness, or like, um, how do you think the menu does versus some of those other storytelling, like using that as a storytelling device versus other movies? Using what is the storytelling device? Eat the rich. Oh, eat the rich. Like, yeah. like I'm here for it every day of the week. <laughs> well, how do you think they convey it? Like, um, Hannah, what what do you how how do you think they convey that message? Yeah, so like I loved uh, all of the Knives Out films and the subsequent uh, Glass Onion film, and I think that they really were on par with kind of that portrayal of Eat the Rich, but they did it in such a unique way, right? Because you're going in there and it's not like a bunch of family members or a group of friends. It's complete strangers who are just very in very different circumstances throughout the board and having that kind of coming together in this one restaurant at this one time and just kind of the different levels of eat the rich that they gave because you see in the actor who's just name dropping for clout and then you see the guys who are basically working at the investing firm and company that essentially owns the restaurant coming there on the company's dime because they can. And there's the rich couple who literally has eaten there like 15 times in the past, however many years. Um, 
and just kind of the different levels of flippancy within the the rich community and that elevated community and kind of the different levels of like we're just here this is just another thing that we're doing um yeah what are you gonna say about that Teresa? Oh, they, the fact it is that they don't even remember what they ate from one of the best chefs in the world yeah like it's just a thing to do for them I did want to point out one thing. I love Christina Bricado's performance as Catherine in the menu. And that is when they go outside and they have to hunt them in and she stabs him because he constantly tried to make sexual advances upon um, Catherine's character. Right. And then the girls are inside and they're like, oh no, like he's going to kill us. And she's like, oh no, that was my idea. I thought with how brief her performance is, hers was such a standout because just the like sheer glee she had from it. Like, oh no, I wanted everyone to die. Like he could have just stopped at a certain point. And that also like takes to a certain point too about how a lot of these I mean it's just unfortunate. A lot of these high end restaurants wind up having these chefs who are these horrible like um usually very um uh, like a bullying womanizing womanizing usually they're getting trouble for you know sexual misconduct Mm -hmm. and i i think that that was a great nod to just like how toxic a lot of that space is um yeah yeah I, i i think that that was a really good just a con- it wasn't as, and I'm kind of glad that they didn't really make it into a, a gigantic thing. Well, you don't mm-hmm. need to be beat over the head with it. Right. Um, I like that it's really there at every level. Yeah, it's so kind of subtle. As we go and dissect more and more, we're going to find more. Like, we could have a whole mm-hmm. podcast just on the menu. We could do that with any form I think of we're doing now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode. I meant, like, oh, oh, yeah, we yeah. have our own, the menu we just make more menu items that are just like torturing the rich. Okay. Um, <laughs> I do have to write that down. Um, <laughs> more the authority is like torture rich. rich with the, I'm like, this is a fried bologna and you put mashed potatoes and cheese and then you just they simply die from eating torturable food. I love it. Um, I uh, just a couple of last minute things and then I just talking about the movie and then questions around it that I've uh, thought about. Um, is there any like specific scene that you recall being like incredibly impressed by or like on rewatch really stick out to you? And I'll start with, I'll start with Teresa. Is there any like scene that sticks out to you more or a couple of scenes that you could think of that either on the first watch or rewatch that they really um, stand out. So for me, it is unequivocally the cheeseburger scene. That man could make me a cheeseburger every day and I will happily die. (laughs) I will happily die to eat that cheeseburger. Um, That is all for me. What about you? What do you have a standout scene? Um, I love that. I love the, it's really, really tough 
but I love the tension in the the mess. Cool. When yeah, exactly. I knew I could sense this whole time that you were gonna bring up the mess, and I'm just like, oh. it's just because yes, they you're... could have gone so much more gory with it, but they just gave you that like you know what happened here, right? Um, and then I feel like that you're kind of in for you're like, you're like okay, this ride is incredible, is, is is going and like we're going up that. That um, if I made a terrible metaphor, but you're going up that um, roller, coaster? roller coaster. Thank you. And then I feel like you're like, what's going on? What's this? What's going on? And then bam, they hit you with the mess, and you're like, oh my god, uh, I'm I'm in for the whole thing right now. Not gonna lie, I'm I'm good for horror elements, but that I almost was like, I'm done. Yeah, like it, it, it towed that line very, very. It was pushing the boundaries. Hannah, do you have a, yeah. a specific scene that you can recall that um, really stands out to you? Oh yeah, um, and just a comment on the mess. Um, first of all, bone marrow is fantastic. If you have not tried it, definitely recommend. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Any particular it was a part of the actual that? dish, right? Yes. <laughs> What's um, the best bones to get the marrow from? Yeah, that, and I think the the biggest problem I had with the mess was like kind of Slowick pushing him to that right? right in front of people, kind of that public degradation level to it of like I'm gonna just degrade you and talk down to you until you're fully ready to commit to this. Um, I think that was kind of the hardest part to swallow about the mess, right? Um, right. But my, I think my favorite moment was the tortilla moment. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. The, El- Elsa having that tortilla. It's a tortilla. And explaining to these investor guys what a tortilla is when they're like, what the heck is this? Like, we know she knows exactly what they're asking. They're asking how they got these uh, bank statements, basically. And she's like, "It's a tortilla. It goes with your your meal. Like it's used for tacos. <laughs> like it's it's um it's on par with the no. You can't have more bread. Like it's just that kind of iconic moment of like ah yes, this is still maintaining that." level of excellent service but I'm still maintaining that I am in a position of power and I can still tell you no and there are still boundaries that I'm not going to allow you to cross I think that was kind of that moment of like ah yes service industry people get their say finally I do think that um, Elsa probably gave the best performance Hands the down. most standout performance really because i just love that she's suddenly coming for all these finance bros and she's like we do know who you are and then she just is like no no and they're like do you know who we are do you know what we're gonna do to you do you know we're gonna have this place closed by morning and she's like no no you will not and then she gets so close and whispers into his ear you will eat less than you desire and more than you deserve and I was just like, whoa. Yeah, her performance is incredible. Um, who do you think 
for more or less, who do you think won the movie? I think Elsa did. You think Elsa is your pick? Yeah. How about how about you, Heather? I I think either Elsa or or Tyler. Honestly, I think Tyler and Nicholas Holt had to kind of not only create an initially somewhat likable character, you had to like him enough to kind of continue on that journey. You um, did. at least at first right you're kind of intrigued confused it's one of those where it's like you know he's he's charming at the beginning right there's a level of charm and etiquette that he's kind of portraying and then as the movie progresses he gets more and more aggressive and more and more kind of toxic and then that kind of the amount of varying emotions he had to portray throughout the film I think was highly impressive um Elsa had the luxury of having to put on a customer service face and that was kind of the extent of it until she fought with Margot because she was jealous um that chef was choosing her for this task and blaming her for something that she didn't know she had to do um which was also a very relatable point um but I think that Elsa was able to hide not necessarily hide, but her character didn't need that range of emotion that Nicholas Holt had to portray in his. I do agree because he also had to play everything that you didn't see. Like, there's aspects of him where, like, okay, he starts out very just, like, mansplainy, don't Mm -hmm. smoke cigarettes so you can taste the food, I know everything, I'm an insider, I'm special, pick Mm -hmm. me. But then his abuse comes more to the forefront of the experience. And I do know that, say, the s'mores bit didn't happen, that Mm -hmm. he would definitely be a person that would rise to physical aggression against another person. Yeah. For me, I mean, maybe I'm just basic, but I think Anna Taylor-Joy wins the movie because... She, yes, yeah, she's the one with the most working parts. Yeah, I know, I know. It's 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 almost unfair, but yes, yeah, she is the one that the movie kind of hinges on her being able to relate to people that are unrelatable, mm-hmm. and like you are so quickly drawn to her, and it's it's like. One of the magical things that happens in a suspense movie is when you're like rooting for the person and you don't know why, but just like you're like, if this person dies, I am rioting. Like, and and I feel like that she becomes so she's so likable and so intelligent, and that doesn't happen to a lot of um women in 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 thrilling and thrillers too better boys see um and i feel like that a lot of it is is hinged on her performance that believability where she can relate to people is really what gets her out of the mess um and i think i mean i think that that she really I don't, I don't want to say Carrie's movie because there's great performances everywhere, but you really buy into her being that um, protagonist character. I loved that the movie ended with her just taking another bite of that amazing cheeseburger. You just love that cheeseburger. I do. <laughs> See, I, I, I don't like a cheeseburger. We do. 
See, I think that everyone else's great portrayals of really negative personas really amplified her performance. So I, I want to agree with you, but I have to kind of disagree with you on that of like, she was able to kind of quote unquote carry it because everybody else kind of made it so that she could carry it and be that relatable person because it's so easy to like somebody who's even remotely relatable because everybody else is such garbage and so horrible. No, that's, that is, that is a fair critique where it's almost like she's like, of course you root for her because everyone else, there's no one else to root for. Um, And I, I don't think I would say that she wins for her performance, but I think that, like the I, level to which she bought in. Right. I just I'll always remember her in that role. Yeah. You know? Um, I also think in ways Ralph Ray fin- finds is amazing as Slovak. Like I mean when he smiles when she after she eats the cheeseburger and she's satisfied, he's done his life's mission. His food mm-hmm. is making another soul happy. He is so like, it almost looks like he'd call the whole thing off at that point. But he's in too far. He can't go back now because there would be mutiny. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's very reminiscent of his portrayal in The Red Dragon. I think that it's a very similar character of, I'm doing this bad thing because I've been driven to this point, And now that it's kind of accomplished, I'm satisfied. Right. No, I I definitely see that he's he's definitely an actor that can portray evil pretty darn well and unhinged. Yes. Oh yeah. Um. So we've been talking about the cheeseburger the whole time. <laughs> well, I gotta ask each of you. Uh, I'll start, Teresa. What is your cheeseburger? Okay, so I want either it depends on my mood. Either a really pillowy, soft brioche bun. It's been toasted with butter or a nice, like, really good pretzel bun. The same treatment on butter. Stop fighting, girls. Sorry, rat crimes are transpiring. <laughs> I want my meat well done. I know that's super controversial, but if you put pink in my meat, I will cry. And I won't eat it. Um, now I'm going to have pepper jack cheese. I'm going to have so many sautéed onions where they're like really sautéed so they didn't do the cheap shortcut where you like add sugar to it no these onions have been going for a couple hours and then um just simple salt and then i want some ketchup to dip it in but i don't want it on every single bite um that'd be mine hannah what about you oh that's a tough one um oh there's Beyond I, Burgers. That's true. <laughs> there are. Um, I think I'll have to go with either a ciabatta bun, which might be controversial, or a brioche, because, I mean, you can't really go wrong with a brioche bun on a burger. Yeah. Um, definitely medium rare. Don't even catch me sideways with that well done stuff. I'm sorry, Teresa. <laughs> Absolutely I not. Could catch me outside um <laughs> but um brioche bun ciabatta um medium rare 
medium on that burger somewhere in there. Um, gotta throw in some bacon on that. Maybe some mushrooms, just a couple, you know, nothing too crazy. Sauteed, of course. Um, definitely some sauteed onions, a must. Pickles. And I'm gonna maybe be controversial here. Um, a little bit of barbecue sauce. And, you know, I think I think we got ourselves a solid burger. All right, that leaves you. What's your perfect burger? I know a potato bun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and specifically a Martin's potato bun. That might happen actually tonight. <laughs> so Maybe this was the whole point. Yeah. So with, with ADHD, you have to find special ways to interest your brain. So I'm making an entire podcast just to make a burger, maybe. I mean, that that <laughs> would be a microcosm of this whole thing. Um, so for me, it would definitely be a Martin's potato bun. Um, you want to toast that bad boy? I don't want to toast it. Oh, easier for me then. I want um, uh, just a, a big like half pound like slab of meat medium rare i need that pink if it's bleeding like just a little bit on it mm, delicious yep it's uh, gotta move i'm gonna go simple here i'll just take a a slice of like cheddar cheese Sharp. no or just because i want the burger to be the like the meat to be the thing that really stands out. Now, what kind of meat do you want? Do you want it to be a prime burger? Do you want it to be like one of those Kobe situations? Ribeye? Ribeye, I mean, really be, specific here. Do you want to add some lamb? I'm not going to be specific. No <laughs> lamb, no lamb. I'm not going to be specific. I'm just going to say potato bun, medium rare, get that bl- bloody meat, um, ketchup. I think barbecue is fine. Um, get that give bloody me- meat, this now might be a man. Give me uh, a non-sautéed onions, like chopped, um, uh, what is it? No, sorry, sliced onion. Oh, so um, you have the rounds. Uh, a little bit of lettuce. You gotta add some tomato. And a tomato. Um, and then just a, like, like a, a, a slither, like a tiniest. A of ketchup? Oh, Oh, lots of ketchup. Okay. Like a whisper. You're not going to like this. You're not, I'm sorry. You're not going to like this. Are you going to move mustard? A whisper. No, I, I'm allergic. I was like, you're allergic. Stop it. <laughs> a tiny, tiny whisper of mayonnaise. Just I know. I know. You have that. Oh, so is it just like the bun moisturizer? Like just at the bottom? Bun moisturizer. <laughs> That's what got me. <laughs> Mayonnaise is the body lotion of burgers. <laughs> well, that even, here, folks. that even sounds gross to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so I, without it going way too far. I'm like, we got to one question we had. Um, no, we, I, we got a bunch of ones that I'm really glad that we got a chance to um, I'm so thankful you joined us. It's been so fun. Yeah, it, oh my gosh. Um, thank you. Uh, I do want to say, I, before we go, yes. once so we, we usually rate things out of 10. Um, I'm saying this like that's the only, we're the only person to ever do that. 
But what if you wild concept, guys? One, this six, this is this is horrible. Ten, this is the best film ever made. Man, did you just come up with that? Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. Um, no other person has done this. Other podcasts don't exist. They don't. Actually, people have not been able to review films for years. It's right. actually illegal. Can you believe they get this for free? Right. So lucky. <laughs> anyway, um, so do you want to do you want to start us off? Do you uh? Or do you, do you want to go to Hannah first for a review? Uh, Hannah can go first. All right, Hannah. Oh gosh. You get first. What would you rate this movie out of 10? All of the pressure of first rating. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, I want to, I, I think, a solid 7.5 out of 10. You know, it's a really solid movie. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's right there. It's It's right up there, you know. What would you say, Teresa? I'm kind of agreeing. I don't normally go so low, so I'll probably go with maybe like a 7.5. Because I really do like what it, like, what it accomplishes. But I feel like it would be very, I feel like a sequel would be even better. It could be another chef. It could be another industry. It could be... The Menu Expanded Universe. So the Menu... (laughs) Two electric boogaloo eat the rich. Um, oh, we can't give yeah. them ideas. Like this is just too good. Uh, <laughs> good for time. me, um, I would go with a solid seven out of ten. Um, I, for me, and maybe we should have spent some time on this. I, Yellow. I know. <laughs> no, I loved the building of tension on the movie. I think it's one of the highest level of horrors. Well, not horror specifically, but of a thriller. Mm-hmm. But for me, I really... I feel like the ending was kind of a little bit rushed. And I feel like once we were done with like Margot's character, I didn't really care whatever happened to everyone else. Well, yes, they're the irredeemable the irredeemable society. Except for like the actual irredeemables in society versus what people count as irredeemables. Right. So I, I, I also think that, and I, I kind of hinted at this that the, I think that the mm-hmm. they really like some movies are a little bit more subtle with their messaging. I would yeah. not call this movie's messaging subtle at all. <laughs> No, yeah, no. it's part of the menu. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it definitely beats a dead critic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and multiple times. Many times, more so yeah. than it necessarily needs, right? Now, in my opinion, I think a 7 out of 10 is a really good movie and a really mm-hmm. good time. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I agree. I think, though, that after like we've really started to pick the movie apart, that at the end of things, like, it's a very basic concept with flair. Yes. But it's not revolutionary. It's not yes. groundbreaking. Right. There's nothing new here except for maybe the s'more situation. I think that's new. <laughs> but like, <laughs> there's always. Or, you know. There's, oh, there's always the weird, like, innovations. So, like, hundreds of different phones. Like, the, yeah. like, I have dry ice and this is a cauldron now. Or, like, <laughs> any number of, like, the really the, the gastro. Um, What's it called? It's the food science. Yeah. Astronomy. Oh, yeah. Fancy. Gastronomy. 
Well, I think, like I said, I think the movie really hinges a lot on that, like, tension between absurdity and, like, Mm -hmm. holy shit, this is really terrifying. And I think that, again, the first, in my opinion, the first maybe three-fourths, two-thirds of the movie is, like, unabashedly amazing, but it's Mm -hmm. just, like, sometimes it went too far in the, in the not preachy. It, I don't think it's preachy. It's just like I, I loved when you didn't know what was happening. So you're kind of beating a dead horse at this point. Like. Which would be a great um, segue to... I apologize to both enforcement for that horrid <laughs> message. Yeah. So, much. Um, so, did you want to... Pl- so... Uh, I think that that wraps up our discussion on the menu. Hannah, is there anything that you wanted to plug or give a shout out to or anything like give peace to the world? I don't know. Anything you wanted to that is possible give any energy or attention to? A hundred percent. One of my friends is actually in the process of writing a book and uh, she's actually had the opportunity to work on some really cool uh, B and C level films. Um, And so hoping the writer's strike ends soon so that she can continue to do all that stuff. But uh, Sierra Terrell is working on a book and it is absolutely fantastic she's been sending me snippets and i can't wait to read the full story and i i love an author buddy oh yeah i will definitely connect all of us um that and then um all of my do we have the book yet i can't remember if she has a name for the book yet okay um, well, everyone I, has to buy it because it's the only book that ever exists. Yes. Well, except for all of, all of <laughs> Teresa's books. Right? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Right now, so it's fine. I will so, you have to, so what we have to do is buy all of Teresa's books, mm-hmm. read them, and then reread them. And then once we do that, then we buy, uh, what's her name again? Sierra Terrell. See, we're going to follow Sierra Terrell, and we're going to buy her book. Uh, twice, because you want to read one at work, one at home, yeah, and then switch it again, and then read it again. Oh yeah, anything that, else? Yeah, and then uh, just my art. Um, I'm slowly kind of building myself up to starting my own business, um, and that Woo! will be uh, Mermaid Trove and Oddities. Um, but I do a little bit of everything. I do um, digital art. I do uh, embroidery, hand-stitch embroidery, as well as making patterns for that. And then I do, like, lino-cut stamp making. Um, and I actually have already done, like, an art trade with uh, another artist, uh, Twisted Serpent. She does some really cool stuff. Um but yeah, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, if you find something you like, uh, definitely uh, check me out. I actually did. Uh, I'm doing a horror themed mushroom set um, oh, right now. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. like into my dreams. I'm obsessed with mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, I, I did a, um, a scream mushroom and then I've done oh! a Freddy Krueger morel mushroom. And honestly, it's horrifyingly, disgustingly fantastic. Um, yeah, I have a giant like mushroom fairy house on my left bicep. 
And um, we're sleeping on mushrooms now. There's mushroom sheets. I've got a mushroom like squishy light that turns on. I I've commissioned two artworks with mushrooms in them. Actually, one was a gift, but it was given to me with a drippy moon and mushrooms. So. I'm a big fan of mushrooms. So basically what we're saying is when you start your shop, we're buying everything. All the mushrooms are belong to us. Okay, so guys, how do I say it? The title of this episode is going to be The Menu. Ken has cheeseburger. Wow. Cheeseburger. Go on. Ken has have cheeseburger. I think we got the the title. I'll just say the menu title. Um. (laughs) Can you tell it's been an hour and a half of podcasting recording? Um, but it's it was it's been wonderful. Uh, again, um, I want to thank Hannah Hood so much for coming on our podcast. This is our very first guest. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, you're you're our first one. Um, did you, Teresa, want to mention any other possible guests that we might be having? Yeah. All right, guys. Let me switch modes here. Get a little profesh. Okay. I'm trying to be the Kindle Roy of it all. Profesh. You, do, you definitely don't want to. You be know that. how much I love Kindle Roy. <laughs> did you know? Did you have you ever seen Succession, Hannah? I haven't. I I need oh. to. You know, it's one of those. I just I haven't gotten the chance to watch it. I've gotten enough people in my life after it ended to watch it. It's very good. But I was gonna say, if you like the direction in the menu, Mark Moy- Ma- uh, Myloid, I think is his name, um, mm-hmm. he directs, I would say, most of the main episodes of Succession. And it has, yeah. like, that very visual, like, gray palette with, like, really up close, but you can mm-hmm. see a lot of the characters in the background doing things at the same time. Yeah. So it has a lot of that same visual language. So if you enjoy that, not that Succession needs another plug, but <laughs> um, it, it's great. And the same director uh, for the menu does that as well. So you have a list of a possible guests that we have coming up. Okay, yes. So we're going to feature special guest George Saroy. We've already featured Day, Hannah Hook, which has been wonderful. Thank we're you. We're going to also feature... Karina Fabian and Carmela Voyez, who I have been in contact with a long time from my old writing days, and I'm really happy for her re-release of her Star Blood trilogy, um, just in time, kind of for Halloween. Um, yeah, I think that's just about everything. Had a great. Um, I think we've thoroughly covered the menu. Um, I think we've definitely experienced it. <laughs> Anything else? Uh... No, I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me, guys. This has been fantastic. I hope you can... I'm like, I know your audio cut out for a second, so I hope... I hope it got it, but um, thank you so much, guys. This has been fantastic. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. We really can't take that. Uh, Just want to say thank you again to our listeners. Shout out to my mom, your mom, Anna's uh, mom, every mom, <laughs> every mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Um, whatever, and... dads. <laughs> yeah, they're cool too. Cool, dads are cool too. <laughs> I just know our moms listen. Um, yes. 
if we shout out everybody, we'll be shouting out 57 and, people because I don't think anybody's actually a stranger who listens and to I, us yet. I, I gotta say that I, I'm so we're so thankful. This is the most fun thing we get to do every week. I can't believe anyone would actually take the time to listen to us. So we're so thankful that you do that. Um, again, thanks to Hannah Hook for joining us. So um, now I'm going to close things out with our social media corner. Yes. So anywhere you can find us, a podcast 23 or a podcast question mark, exclamation mark. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on Facebook. We've got a Facebook page, my personal page, as well as a group for other podcasters and artists to kind of network with one another because that's a big um, draw to me. I really want to connect the sort of like indie art community. Now, if we have outliers, that's great, but my focus is on um, indie. And um, so we have Instagram, which is meh. I, I don't, it's okay. Um, it's not my favorite, and then Twitter, which is like I think we have two followers, so like I just kind Follow of like Twitter. I, I kind of just dropped the Twitter train. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> but again, thanks so much, and this will be airing tomorrow, so we'll have a fast turnaround for you. Um, as always, episodes air on Tuesdays. And then um, our mini-sodes will drop at random. So was there anything else you wanted to add, or is everybody good here? Thank I'm you good. for listening. Thank you, guys. You're the best. You're Thanks the best. So much. This has been so fun, and I cannot wait to share this far and wide. Like I had the little graphic. I'll probably make a few more. If you want to make some, that's fine. Um, Mitchell, tell all your coworkers. <laughs> I'll scream it from the rooftops. Um, but yeah, this has been great. And we will see you next Tuesday. Goodbye. Bye.